Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Cotton Grower Magazine's Cotton Companion Podcast, and Happy New Year. This is Jim Stedman, editor of Cotton Grower, alongside my colleague and good friend, Beck Barnes. And although 2023 is now behind us and the focus is shifting to the 2024 crop, it's certainly not a slow time for the cotton industry as meeting season is now in full swing. Beck, Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, I'm still writing. Uh, I rarely write a check, but yeah, I'm, it's going to take me probably about four months to get start doing 2024 instead of 2023 when I'm when I'm writing my checks out. But yes, Happy New Year to you, Jim. It's uh, as you know, it's it's kind of cold and flu season uh, here in the Memphis and Greater Memphis area. But I have been blessed thus far. I've, I've stayed healthy. I'm I'm jealous of you. Uh, as I have been homebound when it's, you know, it's been the coldest week of the year here as we record on the 10th of January, but uh, I know that you have been out of the house. You've been traveling a little bit with uh, getting to these meetings, getting to go to Beltwide. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing like, uh, you know, shaking off the fireworks and the confetti from New Year's and, uh, you know, climbing on a plane January, the morning of January 2nd and flying to uh, to Fort Worth for the, for the Beltline <laughs> how, conference. How was that airport experience, by the way? Holiday, uh, you know, this, at this point, just I didn't have to make connections through oh, that's key, which, you know, is really, really lightens the, you know, the anxiety and the load on it. You know, it's like so it's like if there are delays, so what? You know, you're you're there. Yeah. Uh, but if you got through unscathed, you're uh, a. <laughs> You're a lucky man. Yeah, this no one delays. was, uh, you know, I think the only the only distress and it was, you know, a minor inconvenience was on the flight back. Uh, you know, we had a whole plane full of people sitting at, I think, gate C11, something like that. And, you know, 10 minutes before the flight was to start boarding, they said, oh, we've had a gate change to C37, you know. The yeah. Entire- <laughs> yeah. It was just this massive humanity taking, a, you know, a good you know, getting some exercise, moving briskly, you know, from one end of the terminal to the other. But, yeah, probably mostly mostly cotton folks or a lot of cotton folks. Yeah, there were an awful lot of cotton folks yeah. on the flight. So anyway, but like I said, it's good to get out, uh, you know, start the year off on the right right note. Uh, Beltwide conferences, as you know, and as many of our listeners know, uh, it's always a really, really good meeting. Uh, this year's program was very solid. There were a lot of really good sessions. Uh, had some good visits with longtime acquaintances and also picked up plenty of news items to to kick the year off. And we're going to share some of that information with you today, uh, as well as focus on a few items of interest from Cotton Grower uh, that were announced just after the first of the year. So for you listeners, well, I apologize in advance. This means you get just me and Beck today. Uh, no special guests. We're wah, wah. Best. Yeah, I know. We're going to do our best and try to keep it interesting get this year off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. You, you teased it a little bit there, but I, I will tease it further. Yeah, we put out a great uh, acreage projection that some of y'all might be very interested in, as well as a big award, uh, achievement award that we'll get to later in this episode. So first, though, we would like to hear our sponsor, partner, the American Cotton Shippers Association. Uh, they have a brief message that they'd like to share with us. The American Cotton Shippers Association, also known as AXA, is a trade association primarily made up of cotton merchants founded in 1924. AXA members manage the majority of the world's cotton trade, providing services of merchandising, delivery logistics, 
and risk management to their customers. AXA is proud to be celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. Join them in Scottsdale, Arizona in June 2024 for their centennial celebration event. Okay, big thanks to our friends at AXA for that message and for their support this year. Now, in our last episode prior to the holidays, we covered the announcement of Delta Pines class of 24 cotton varieties, as well as new variety information from Phytogen, from the good folks at Phytogen. Uh, so not surprisingly, uh, additional new variety announcements from Americot and BASF were unveiled and announced during the Beltwide Cotton Conferences last week. So uh, for the sake of equal time, fair play to all of our great seed companies. Uh, we want to share some of that info about these other varieties and technologies that are coming your way. So first up, from our good friends, the great folks at Americot. Uh, now, Americot is expanding that next-gen line of Bolgard 3 ExtendFlex technology varieties. For 2024, they've got five new releases and one Bolgard 3 Thrive On with ExtendFlex variety. Uh, They're all providing high-quality, high-yielding options with an excellent fiber package. First up, it's going to be next-gen 3434B3XF. This is an early maturing variety offering excellent yield potential and fiber quality with very long staple length. Uh, its early maturity makes it a great fit for those northern plains. We're talking Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. Next, we got Next Gen 3457B3XF. This is also an early maturing variety showing high yield potential and an excellent fiber quality package. Easy to manage, shows good heat tolerance, and is bacterial blight resistant. This one performs very well across the North Delta region, particularly under high management conditions. After that, we've got NextGen 4409B3XF. This is an early to early mid maturing variety offering an excellent fiber package. Very long staple length is the word on this one. It's bacterial blight resistant variety, performs well on sandy soils and is well suited for those Texas high plains, especially the region south of Lubbock. After that, we've got Ameri or, excuse me, NextGen 4414B3XF. This is well-suited for that mid-Atlantic region. It has high yield potential and an excellent fiber quality package. This mid-maturity variety has shown good heat tolerance and has an ag aggressive growth habit, responding well to PGR management. Boy, you get a real sense for that broad geographic footprint Americot has these days. I mean, these are you know, specific to acreage uh, all across the belt. Okay, next we got NextGen 5430B3XF is a full season variety, well adapted for that Southeastern region. This variety has top end yield potential and an excellent fiber quality package and has shown ex uh, impressive heat tolerance and is an aggressive plant type responding well to PGR management. And lastly, we got NextGen 4405B3TXF that's the uh, Ribon Stimplex, um, if I recall correctly. Yes, Ribon with Stimplex. Yeah, I had to double check. I literally just got done saying it four minutes ago, but I wanted to be sure. Okay, 4405B3TXF is a medium maturing variety, including the Thrivon technology with an excellent fiber package, fiber quality package, and bacterial blight resistance. This variety has performed extremely well across the Mid-South region and is widely adopted across a range of soil, soil types and production environments. Very interesting. Okay, Jim, I turn it over to you. Okay, well, you know, BASF was not going to be, uh, was certainly not going to be left out. 
when it comes to uh, to new variety announcements. Uh, they are planning to roll out uh, some new Fibermax and Stoneville varieties containing their new uh, Accent Flex technology for 2024. That is, as you recall, uh, is that first quad stack herbicide technology that's coming to the market that allows growers to use applications of glyphosate, glufosinate, and dicamba, as well as Elite 27, which is a new HPPD inhibitor. Uh, but that product is still awaiting final registration and will likely not be available this for growers this season. But with BASF getting approvals uh, for release of the varieties containing the technology, they're going to go ahead and move ahead with introduction of four new Avent Accent Flex varieties for 2024, knowing that growers can still have the option of using uh, glyphosate, glufosinate, and dicamba over the top of these products. Now we're getting uh, we've all we've all looked at sort of the alphabet and the numerical soup that has followed uh, variety names for the last several years, and we're going to and BISF is bringing two more uh, alphabetical uh, designations to these varieties. These varieties are going to be identified by the letters AX for Accent Flex Wheat for Weed Control Only, and by AXTP, which would be Accent Flex with Twin Link Plus that brings both weed and worm control. So jumping into uh, into the variety designations here, we're gonna have Fibermax 765AX. That's one of the new Fibermax varieties to fit this high plain region of Texas. It's, it's an early, uh, early mid maturing variety with resistance to bacterial blight, uh, verticillium wilt tolerance, and resistance to root knot nematodes, uh, it has shown very high gin turnout potential and excellent storm tolerance. Next would be Fibermax 868 AXTP, a new medium maturity Fibermax variety with the Accent Flex Twin Link trait package. Uh, it's really suitable for the Southwest and the Far West regions. Has a larger seed uh, and offers excellent emergence and outstanding early season vigor, excellent storm tolerance, good root knot nematode tolerance, and of course that three gene uh, lepidopterin resistance for any worm issues. Next will be Fibermax 823 AXTP. Uh, that's a new Fibermax variety targeted for cotton growers in the high plains and the rolling plains of Texas and Oklahoma, as well as far west regions of the cotton belt. Uh, it's a medium maturity variety with excellent storm tolerance, high gen turnout potential, plus resistance to bacterial blight, verticillin wilt tolerance, and resistance to root knot nematodes and lepidopterin pests. And finally from BASF will be Stoneville 6000 AXTP. That's a new medium to full maturity Stoneville variety. It has a really strong fit all across the cotton belt, uh, provides growers with resistance to bacterial blight, good root knot nematode resistance, uh, three gene lepidopterin resistance, excellent fiber quality, and high gen, out, uh, high gen turnout potential. Now, like any new product and technology launch, uh, availability of cottonseed containing the Accent Flex technology for 2024 uh, is certainly subject to many factors. Uh, and some seed uh, seed may not be available uh, for actually for use in, uh, in all cotton growing areas. So that's something to watch out for when the label for a Elite 27 is released. Uh, and like we said, registration for that product 
uh, is pending, probably likely coming after planting season this year. And uh, that's pretty much the news from Beltwide, except for one other item that we want to uh, to touch on quickly, uh, and that's congratulations. Congratulations to Camp Hand, who is University of Georgia cotton extension cotton specialist, who was named the 2024 Cotton Specialist of the Year during a, uh, a special dinner uh, during the Beltwide Conference. Uh, Camp does a great job over in Georgia. He's got a lot of projects and a lot of activities going. Uh, and certainly well-deserving of this honor. So again, congratulations to Camp for that. Also, Jim, uh, he is a, forgive me for those of you uh, listening, yeah, I started speaking with my mic on mute, which is a common occurrence here at Maestro Media Worldwide uh, with me specifically. But no, Jim, Camp is a great friend of uh, the Cotton Companion podcast. I mean, we've had that guy on before. He's yes, been, he is. been very helpful to us. And uh, you know, the guys who volunteer to, be friendly with media in the way that he has and comes and share his wealth of knowledge with our audience. That's farmer friendly stuff. That's guys who care about their farmers. So camp is certainly that type of guy. He's a farmer first uh, guy. So we appreciate him. And, and that was a well-deserved uh, honor that he received. Jim, now you were down there at Beltwide and I know that we released one little bit of news while you were down there that probably uh, made you a little more popular. Folks wanted to talk to you about our findings, uh, and that was the release of the results of our annual cotton acreage survey, the cotton grower acreage survey, which we released on January 1, I believe. And mm -hmm. I know that it uh, our number captured significant attention while you were down there. There were economists referencing it and uh, name-checking us in their presentations. So uh, can you give us a recap? First off, we need you to tell our audience what our projected acreage number is and tell us how it was received at that conference. Well, I'll be happy to. Um, it almost feels like this is old news. We're the second week in January. It already feels like this is old news. Uh, but uh, again, like like you mentioned, we do this acreage survey uh, based on, uh, we basically survey our readers uh, we spend a lot of time on the phone and, and email and, and, and messages back and forth to, to the uh, state uh, extension specialist. We talk with economists. We talk with other folks related to the U.S. cotton industry. Uh, to say it's a truly scientific survey would be a real stretch. But looking at, uh, at the numbers that we got, the information we got in hand, we have projected that U.S. cotton growers, and this is both Upland and Pima acres, are going to plant 10.19 million acres of cotton in 2024. Uh, when you look at USDA's final reported planting acres for 2023, and that came out toward the end of October last year, uh, comparing it to this projection, that's down roughly 42,000 acres, which in the big scheme of things is probably not very much. Uh, oh, that's flat. Yeah, and if you really want to boil it down, you know, to percentages, I th it's the best I could I could figure out uh, with you know my East Tennessee ciphering uh, abilities. That's a that's a 0.5 percent down from uh, from the pre-harvest numbers from 2023. So in essence, you could say uh, we're seeing no significant change in cotton acreage uh, moving into this year. Yeah, I would say you know with that in mind. Flat is kind of optimistic from what, I mean, not optimistic, but it is a, a 
more robust projection than maybe the things we were hearing at harvest time uh, when I kept mm -hmm. hearing, you know, people say we're going to be down next year. We're going to be down next year. Flat would actually represent a flat acreage would represent more than than we heard some people say. Um, Jim, I know that we, for full disclosure, I used to do this <laughs> when I was on the editorial side. I used to be the uh, guy who conducted the acreage survey, and uh, now Stebman does a great job with it. But I know that people would always ask me about our methodology. So could you just be, because people want to know, well, how accurate is that number and what are what's the context there? So tell tell the folks what time frame we were uh, conducting our survey. And uh, also, can you tell tell us, you know, how many responses we got? Uh, Ballpark. Yeah, consider, okay, first of all, you have to, please keep in mind that this always comes in our January issue. Now, our January issue means uh, we're in production. We're writing this article around the 1st of December. So our survey timeframe for this really started about early November uh, with some uh, electronic surveys going out to our readers, uh, at least the readers that we have uh, have email addresses for. And that's, that's you know, a significant number of folks. Um, a lot of conversation, again, with state cotton specialists, uh, because you're in, into harvest in a lot of places. And in some states, they were actually kind of finished by that point. Uh, always listen to economists because they have some uh, some certain ratios when they, particularly when it comes to the corn to cotton uh, ratio that uh, that they've relied on for many many years to help determine what uh, what they think cotton acres are going to be, uh, and then just talk to some other folks, knowledgeable folks in the industry, about it. So as as I described it to somebody, you know, it's not scientific. It is really and truly a reporting job with math involved, and. Uh, you know, we've been we've been fortunate for the last couple of years to be right in the mix when the uh, when the National Cotton Council releases their survey uh, here in mid-February. And uh, USDA will put a preliminary number out there, I think, at their Outlook conference uh, again around that same time in early February. But their real number doesn't come out till the end of March with their uh, with their prospective plantings report. So uh, to be honest with you, it's. It's it's kind of tough right now because there's still an awful lot of questions to be answered. Uh, I think one of the one of the people I talked with on it said quite honestly, he says I could see this acreage, I could see nine point eight million acres. I could also make a case for ten point eight million acres. So there's still a lot of unknowns out there, and I think the biggest factor on it, you know, when it comes down to it, is Texas. Um, last year, for the last two years, as we know been dealing with, uh, you know, with, with droughty conditions, uh, prolonged high temperatures, uh, all sorts of, you know, things that have basically, you know, cost them two good crop years uh, pretty much in a row. Uh, now you're in a new, uh, new El Nino weather pattern. Uh, Texas is getting moisture, as is most of the uh, most of the South, as is most of the country. Pick your Pick, pick your type of precipitation right now as, as we speak, whether you're going to get rain, whether you're going to get snow or whatever. Um, but the big question is, I mean, we're, we kind of calculated based on what we had that, you know, Texas may be around 5.6 million acres, which for them is down uh, significantly. If you uh, if we go into the growing season or the planting season here, and of course, South Texas, that will start here probably in about a month. Uh, and then move on up into the high plains, you know, up, up northern into the state. 
uh, as we get through uh, through May and into June, if there's enough soil moisture there, you know, to to get a crop in the ground and get it up, and the forecast, if it follows a traditional El Nino pattern, will show that you're going to get some regular showers during the year. The big question is, is 5.6 going to be enough or are people going to go ahead and bump up to, you know, add another, you know, 500,000 to a million acres in there because they can. Uh, at that point, you know, we just don't know. Uh, obviously, production, would, you know, extra production would be good and growers need that extra production. Uh, what that will do to the market situation with uh, with surpluses and carryovers and certainly with prices Uh will be the, uh, you know, will be the questions that uh, that we have to answer as we get farther into the year. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never apologize for more acres. I mean, if you're Cotton <laughs> Grower Magazine, more acres is great. More uh, acres yeah. is always good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'll just say uh, just, to, you know, before we wrap a bow on the conversation and you're right, you're not wrong when you say it's not a scientifically uh, sound survey. That's fair. But you know, what's also true is that, uh, well, we've been right on top of the actual number here more times than not. We're we're very, very close. We're the first one that comes out. So our number, you know, it's a little bit we get a little bit nervous when we when we release that number because we don't know how it's going to be received in the industry. But it's always well received. Um, it has more often than not been right on top of the actual number and not for nothing. But, you know, we get phone calls after this thing goes out from, you know, Somebody at Cargill will want to call and know about our number and how we what we saw, right? You know, on a little more granular level, or Allenberg, and that ought to tell you everything you need to know. I mean, you know, these these guys whose careers or jobs depend on getting this stuff right are always very interested in this little cotton grower survey that comes out. Uh, so you know, it's not scientific, but it is extremely well informed, and it is almost always. Pretty darn accurate. Yeah, so. and, and and to be sure, uh, those inquiries from from outside companies came started coming in around mid December. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like, do you have your number yet? And uh, you know, we, yeah. we literally had just finished putting everything together, and uh, I I basically said, you know, I'll let you know January first. You know. Yeah, but they're asking because they know that we we get it right. You know, well, and at least at least we can we give them we give them a starting point. Yeah. And and, in, and right now, I think this year, that's probably the most most important thing on it. Yeah. it. It's like the good news is we're going to plant cotton and we're not going to we shouldn't plant any less than what we did last year. Time will tell. It always yeah. does. OK, well, the other the other bit of uh, news, uh, hard news that Cotton Grower Magazine made right here at the. Uh, start of the new year that we always do is uh, we were pleased to announce that Bart Davis of Davis Family Farms in Doran, Georgia, is the recipient of the 2023 Cotton Grower Cotton Achievement Award. Uh, big, huge congratulations to Bart Davis. Uh, his background and his farming resume is just super impressive, as you would imagine, and his industry involvement with several associations, research, uh, local, national, local and national issues. I mean, you name it, this guy has given of himself to the cotton industry. So a very worthy recipient. Jim, I know you went down there and talked with Bart. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, tell us tell us what you know about him. Well, first of all, uh, you know, Bart's success story is 
not unlike a lot of farming success stories. I mean, he grew up there on the farm, on the family farm. Uh, but as, if if you go to our article, it's in obviously the cover story in a January issue, which should be hitting your mailboxes any moment now. Uh, but also go online to cottongrower.com for the whole story. Uh, Bart had to take over the family farm literally weeks after his 18th birthday, uh, following the uh, you know the untimely passing of both his mother and his father within a four-month period. Uh, that in and of itself is intimidating enough. Uh, but yet he'd had enough. His father had uh, had worked with him and, and trained him well enough that he was able to, you know, to keep things going and literally has built, you know, this this little farm family farm operation into a substantial uh, business operation. Uh, he's a very interesting guy. Uh, he's, you know, he's involved in uh, in all aspects of the production. Uh, he's got a lot of family and other folks that are working with with him. Uh, on the farm, everybody has their own responsibilities, but everybody does pitch in wherever they need to. Uh, he's been deeply involved in the Georgia Cotton Commission and the Georgia Boll Weevil Eradication Program. Uh, he's been part of working with, uh, you know, Southern Cotton, Southern Cotton Growers uh, Association. Uh, he's been involved with uh, with Cotton Incorporated. Uh, he's a state uh, a state representative. For the National Cotton Council, uh, and but I think the biggest thing is he's a guy who asks a lot of questions about is there a way we can do things better, and a lot of the questions he's asked have found their way back, say, to the University of Georgia, and so on on the on on the farm, uh, the university for the last couple of years has been conducting research studies on uh, variable rate planting, for example. Uh, he's working with them on. Uh, on some some research and some background right now on uh, effective efficient uses of drones uh, for certain activities, uh, he's been very very involved with uh, with the university, allowing them to bring uh, and actually inviting them to bring representatives from EPA onto his farm when he, when uh, these folks were trying to uh, evaluate and see what you know down at ground level. Uh, what weed control programs and what weed control products uh, were still essential. So he's he's tied into so many different aspects of the industry at this point. But when you sit down and talk to him, you know he he will tell you the only thing I ever wanted to do is farm. Uh, that's the thing that makes him the happiest. And uh, you know he's he's a great representative for the cotton industry and certainly a great example of uh, you know of a top notch cotton producer as well. So we were more than happy to, uh, you know, to add Bart to the list of, uh, of Cotton Achievement Award winners. Uh, we will be uh, physically presenting that award uh, March 1st at the uh, Mid-South Farm and Gin Show in Memphis. So uh, we look forward to, you know, to that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, just a super impressive guy. And I know that uh, me personally, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to Introducing myself to Bart and uh, getting to honor him in front of his peers at the Gin Show, like you say, March 1 in downtown Memphis. And with that, uh, I think that's pretty much it for this episode of the Cotton Companion Podcast. Uh, thanks for putting up with just me and Beck today. Uh, and, uh, I think we had some good information, and uh, I hope that uh, all proved to be uh, be good for you. 
Uh, we want to thank two thanks too to American Cotton Shippers Association for their participation and sponsorship with the Cotton Companion. And as always, thanks to you, dear listeners, for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like what you heard, please be sure to spread the word, tell your friends about the Cotton Companion podcast, and here's where and how they can find us. You can find the Cotton Companion in three easy ways. First, go to cottongrower.com forward slash companion or simply click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. Second, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts these days. And three, sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, The Cotton Grower E-News, that's delivered to your email inbox every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, be sure to follow Cotton Grower on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you'll find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. Cotton Companion Podcast is produced twice monthly by Tyler Hatch and Kim Henderson, our talented colleagues at the World Headquarters for Meister Media Worldwide in lovely Willoughby, Ohio. I'm Jim Stedman. He's Beck Barnes. And we'll be back with you in a few weeks for the next episode of the Cotton Companion. Yeah, he works and he works and he works and he works all day. God made it for him.